Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Uh, where do we begin? Uh, tempting to turn this into an hour-long Razzie Erasmus-style rant. Um, I think we might be heading that way. I, I know a man who's probably in similar mindset is Yestin George. How are you, Yestin? I'm fine. Um, my afternoon started uh, by... Uh, I was walking <coughs> a friend's dog, Maria's dog, who is uh, one of those chasing a, a ball all day and all night right he he accidentally headed the ball into a river and quite wisely he didn't want to jump into the river because there was a bit of an edge it wasn't like you could just slide into the river because he loves the water right so he was just standing there and i ended up thigh deep in silty muddy water um, retrieving not only that ball, but several other balls that dogs had ver- various dogs had abandoned along the way. And I thought, um, well, the afternoon can only get better after this. <laughs> Little did you know that it was going to be spent watching yet more ball chasing into lost causes. Uh, oh, right, Dan, come on, mate, cheer us up. What have you got? Tell us a joke. I can't tell you a joke, but what I can say is next week... Is going to be big, isn't it? It's going to be. Look at him. It's going to be. How does he do this? It's going to be massive, though. The build-up this week, one all. Mate, I let's let's get into the build-up to this week, right? Because honestly, it was disgraceful. It was. I, I can't the, wait a to get real take. low point for rugby. How bad was it? It was just like you know what you lost the first test, Razzie. Just suck it up and deal with it. 
Um, yes, there were some marginal calls. I thought the Lions had the rub of the green in the first test. Suck it up and deal with it. You know, he's moaning about Gatland criticising the decision to to have a, a South African TMO. But what Gatland was saying was, why was there no contingency plan here? It's it's a bit of a shambles that a South African has has ended up here, rather than criticising the actual integrity of the of the official. Like good friend of the show, Alan Dimmock, I saw him tweet something on whenever that video came out, and it just said, "God, as a sport, we really do treat the officials like shit." And it's and it, it is kind of like that. Rugby can no longer be on its high horse. Imagine if imagine if Jose Mourinho had made that video an hour-long video and put it on the internet criticising a referee, how much How much would people who hold rugby up as a as a bastion of values be laying into football for that? I quite, Honestly, like ev- everything went out the window this week. The, the, um, the, the kind of way to do it, which uh, if you're going to do that sort of thing, was Marcelo Bielsa, wasn't it? Do you remember when Marcelo mm. Bielsa, after the derby, after the uh, Spygate... Spygate. Um, sat the journalists down and went talked to them for about two and a half hours about their strategy and how they go about preparing for matches and obviously killed them with boredom, um, which Razi did manage to do as well. I have to confess, I didn't even tune into the, to, I, you know, I, I couldn't bear the thought of sitting there and listening to him. I think I got through six minutes before I thought, well, do you know what, if I, even if I watch 54 more minutes of this, nothing is going to change my mind that you're a massive sanctimonious prick. It was six, six minutes. Just, it, yeah. it was exactly, I watched it, um, all of it. And um, yeah, after six, it was basically, you could just times those six minutes by, uh, by six minutes, by six minutes, by six minutes. It was exactly the same. It was, it was, it was embarrassing really, because he was so unbalanced with it as well. that. um, you know, Gatlin makes the odd comment, but in a sort of clever, smart way. And um, this was just, yeah, it was so poor. I, I was, it was, yeah, so cringe. It was interesting really. that somebody observed that this kind of thing happens behind closed doors. So it's not as much of a big deal as you might think, because inside the game, this sort of thing happens quite a lot. And again, that's not to say, it goes back to what you said, Jed, about the credibility of the game. It's like, well, if it does happen, if there's this much politicking going on behind the scenes on a, on any given test match week, then somebody needs to have a word, right? I'm I'm less worried about behind the scenes. I kind of think like, you know, if you go, if you say, you know, such and such referee has this weakness, he has a tendency to do this, whatever, he got this wrong, he got that wrong. Fine. The, the fact that he's, essentially broadcast it and has been able to put pressure on the ref in the media through through those channels that's so so different to the odd one-liner at a press conference like honestly eddie jones would have been embarrassed by that do you think that the timing was interesting in that um do you think that they were hoping for a response from the lions or that they were hoping that they were going to have the last word before the test match started I think the overall aim was to put pressure on the officials for the weekend. And I don't know, maybe that worked. There's a couple of contentious decisions that I'm sure we'll get into throughout the course of this podcast. You'd have to say it worked, didn't you? You'd have to say it worked looking at those decisions. What I would say is the only thing thing that Gatland and the Lions got right this week was their response. And that was to not not engage with that. Because if they had, I think it would have been even worse. 
But yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. There was, you know, should we get on to those decisions? I, again, well, what, I, what, I'm, I, I, what I'm keen to I stress before we do that. Go on, go on, adding yes. to... Sorry, the one thing I think that's worth adding to is the, that Khaleesi got involved. Yeah. That, that, was, a, that, that was the thing that surprised me the most because that felt like the, the, the notion of disrespecting, you know, the South African side or South African rugby. Oh, that was mm. that, that for me felt like a, a more, but you know, a more kind of unreasonable accusation. I think, I mean, if, if, if for instance, you know, you know, in a New Zealand game where, you know, the opposition marched towards the, to the hacker or turned their backs on it or did anything, did something like that, you can understand. But pr- prior to the game, I just thought, I was really surprised that Khaleesi came out mm. with that. And, and he's been, he's been given a completely free ride. And I, I, That's a good point. I, whereas Erasmus has been absolutely, you know, vilified for it. Mm. Um, Khaleesi has been given a complete, nobody's come out and said, come, that was bang out of order because if if yeah, Alan Wynn had done point. that it would have been mm. i think that would have been that would have been a, a matter of serious uh, you know i think there would have been serious questions asked yeah i think you're absolutely right actually before we get on to those to those decisions because i think the most important thing here is that i'm not sure those decisions would have made any difference i think i think south africa could have been down to 14 men for over an hour and i don't think the lions would have scored i honestly think that was that was the worst performance from a Lions side under Gatland. I think that's what his eighth test in charge. And if you include the ones that he was involved in as a, as a, as a, whatever he was, defence or forward coach, sorry, uh, then, you know, there's another three to add to that. That was the worst performance, I would say, comfortably out of those. Um, a really, really poor show. Just the lack of imagination. If you, I, I, you know, I said this last week and it was difficult to do because we won. But I just thought it's such a gamble taking on South Africa at their own game, you know. And clearly, when we didn't win it, we had nothing else up our sleeve. And I honestly, I and South Africa are the same, right? But it's fine, you you know, you win ugly, whatever. But I just thought, how depressing is it that every time both sides are in the twenty-two, their go-to option is to hoof the ball in the air from inside the twenty-two. Well, free like just horrific. Free kicks as well was the thing that really got to me. It was like when you got free kick, then you just launched it up in the air. Um, I would say that I would agree wholeheartedly with with what you say, and I think that you to reduce yourself to copying the cult, the rugby culture of the team that you're playing, and then obviously to get found out. Um, to but to have the audacity, and I guess to go toe to toe and say we're going to beat you at your game. Um, it, in retrospect, looks now looks like a very like an extremely arrogant thing to do because there's nowhere. I don't know if it's possible to turn this turn that around in five days, and if it if it does, it's. But we'll talk about that later. But the but if you don't have an identity, I know that I know that we probably wince a little bit when you know there are table tennis sort of uh, players talking about the 
the you know the 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 culture that's been created within the you know within their, their squad or whatever. Do you know everything is all about cl- culture and identity nowadays? But I think that's for a good reason. If you look at Harlequins and you look at what they did, and you look at Bristol and you look at Exeter yeah. and you look at these kind of sides, the, the culture, the Saracens obviously have done it. Leinster, you know that they have a very very clear identity Munster being one of the great examples of that down the years Leicester before them all of these sides have have an identity and it's very difficult to create an identity with the Lions that's the hardest thing right because they are from different places and different different experiences but there's been no real attempt to create a playing culture of any great I mean it it looked it looked good on paper, this idea of actually having back row players who can move, and the idea of having hammer in the in the midfield and then playing around it. But really, that's never been realised, right? And now, 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 he, there's nowhere to go, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, I, if it, if they pull it out the bag, amazing, amazing. But it's not going to be pretty, whatever happens. Dan, your take on the Lions' performance? I thought first half was 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 good for us. I thought we were, you know, we deserved the win. I, uh, in our first half, I thought, you know, Alan Jones, uh, Alan Wynn Jones was incredible. I thought he was in, in into everything and um, load load of sort of dark arts in there, and and I actually really enjoyed that first half. I wanted it to. I could have. I wanted it to go on. I've read a lot about uh, about it being sort of you know dross and and you know going on and on. I loved it. I loved the niggle, um, loved the aggression, and um, I just wanted someone to to lay out one of the South African boys, which obviously you you, you can't do. But apart from that, it was I I, I liked it. Um, the problem with then, that Dan is that they they played for so long that the South Africans didn't get anywhere near. The, the the sense of weariness that they might have had the week before when the ball was in play because it went on for an hour and whatever and and they they, they were they were happily kind of standing their way through that half weren't they even if they didn't perform particularly well yeah and there, there was yeah it was ta- there was break, breaks of fifteen minutes for TMO decisions as well which you know helped them recover for a bit. Yeah, they... and again, that's that's no that's no slight on South Africa. It's a slight on it's a slight on the game and a slight on the naive tactics of the Lions. And it's not often you say that about Gatland. You know, I think you, you could criticise him for his time in Wales for saying it was overly direct and we wanted something a bit more in keeping with the the Welsh identity at times. But I think he always had the right game plan. I've, this one has just baffled me because it is it's not just oh let's be physical. It's let's carbon copy their game plan, complete with booting the ball up in the air from inside their own 22. But I think Just, yeah, I was it, it, yeah, it was very, very stop start that first, that, that first um, half, wasn't it? And, and it, that works for, that works for South Africa, but we, you know, we, you know, bigger, bigger, I thought kicked well. I was pleased we were, we were right in there, but what happened obviously when, when then you lose the set piece against South Africa, it's, it's, they're little things, but they're not little things. They're massive things that then all the momentum starts to go against you. Obviously, they did a brilliant job with the switch up, didn't they? In, in bringing on, you know, Lou Diago and, and, and 
the line out started functioning well for them. Plus the, you know, that we lost the kicking battle and everything started to go against us and just compounded. But we, I, I, I think that without the sort of, you know, without the set piece against them, you can't, you can't do anything. So it did, it doesn't matter who we've, you know, it almost doesn't matter who we got out there. You just can't get going. They just strangle the life out of you. So the game plan, the game plan can't work if the set piece isn't there and, and the set piece was shot. So mm. for me, it's really, it's hugely concerning that where do we go with that set piece? How uh, can we change I was, that? I was more concerned about the line out than the scrum. I think yeah. a few of the scrum, the scrummaging ones were bum calls, but the line out, again, that one in the at the start of the second half where they just trundled, trundled and trundled and trundled from the halfway line into the 22. That was like, you know, when, you, uh, when you're when you playing schoolboy rugby and the opposition have got, you know, have got second rows who are six foot nine with beards and you're like 13 years old, prepubescent kids, and they get a rolling ball going like that, and they get the whole way to the line. It felt like <laughs> that, and that's the one that that's the one that really can, concerns me. Is the is the line? It out. was amazing how well I agree with Dan in that um, the the way that Laws and Tutoje competed so well in the first half on in the line um, that Luke the Yaga or the Yaga whatever um, S4C call him. Um, anything to say uh it was it was um that that's probably the one of the great substitute you know one of the great yeah. replacements of all of all time he absolutely oh. they didn't even the lions didn't even check anybody up in the air once once he came on the pitch it was it was game over because they knew that they were going to they were going to a secure the ball and B they were going to maul the life out of the Lions and they just did not have an answer to it and I I, I, I don't understand why they didn't try and compete they they gave the they basically stood off and gave them the ball and once that was once that was done there was no pressure on South Africa at all then from then on no there wasn't and I I feel like this is the danger with trying to copy a side and they're and their technique that again we just had a you know we had a bench loaded for attrition and there was nothing not just in the backs obviously you know you've got daily or someone you're hoping can pull something out of the bag but slightly different because toby was there but i just feel like you know we've got trying to put second rows in the back row is a bit of a is a bit of a concern and i think you know i said how brilliant laws was the week before and he was but he, he wasn't able to get that dominance this week and again you you then didn't really have that switch up available on the bench. There was nowhere with a bit more pace. And when South Africa had gone to having a load of second row, you know, it was a second row in every bloody position for South Africa um, come the come the middle of the second half. You just think, well, actually, maybe a bit more, a bit more speed and trying to to stretch the game out a bit would would actually have benefited us. But those options just weren't there. So, yeah, I felt like it was a dangerous thing to start with, and and we were let off the hook last week. So. I don't know. I've, I have no idea how you go about next week because you're right. You can't. Start, you're not, they're not going to start throwing the ball around like the barbarians. Which actually, this this made me chuckle again. You know, Sky trying to inject a bit of enthusiasm into it. At one point, Conor McNamara referred to referred to it as like watching the Harlem Globetrotters, and it was literally like four complete passes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but by comparison to the rest of the game, it was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. But 
most of the time it was like watching Sam Allardyce's Bolton versus Tony Pulis's Stoke. It was, yeah, it was. You um, love that analogy, doesn't you? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't use it on air last week, so I thought I'd get it on now. I used it when we were chatting off air. <laughs> but that that is um, that yeah they they that was a there was some great hands in that movement, but they I think they advanced about one and a half meters basically so it's like it's, it's the only time the ball has gone the ball has reached the winger without it being kicked in the entire series well, the, i was worried when when dan bigger kicked the ball to marrow atoje on the wing <laughs> that was worrying as well because i just thought oh god you know this is this is this is the limit of our ambition you know it is it, it just didn't feel like there was ever going to be that thing about trying to trying to get the the South African back row on the floor and then and then spreading it as quickly as possible to try and take advantage that just did, mm. did not get, even begin to come to fruition did it really no it didn't and it's just yeah i don't know it's it's so difficult to see where you where you go from here and obviously we'll have a look at selection in the second half as we always do, but I can't help but feel it's something bigger than that. It does feel like we've got a, a major problem. I suppose the the reason to be cheerful is Warren Gatland has a very good record in these decisive third tests. You know, obviously it was a draw against New Zealand, but nonetheless that was a, a massive result against uh, Australia in 2013. It was, you know, an absolute rout. So he does have plenty of experience at, at turning things around and, and getting a big performance in the third test but I can't help but think there needs to be something more than than what we've seen in the in the first two Dan you've been sat there very pensive for the last five minutes come on mate what have you what have you got for us up your sleeve well, I think you know for, for the first game for, you know first game we you know we did we did well didn't we so we've, we've got it we've got it within us I just we got to make some. We got to make a couple of changes, haven't we? I don't think there's going to be masses of changes, but we have got to make a few, which I'm, I know we'll, we'll we'll go on to we'll go on to later on. I think the a link to those changes are the back the back row, the back row doesn't doesn't work doesn't doesn't work well enough for me, especially if they get on top in the in the set piece. It, it it's all to it's all to pot there. And I do think we can we can we can play the type of game we're trying to play against them, but only if the set piece goes well. But if it doesn't, this game is it's, it's game over. And we haven't got. There's been a lot of chat, isn't there, about if we can if we can get the phases going. There was no phase play, was there? It was just, it, you know. And I guess that's the part of it where it was tough to where it was tough to watch, wasn't it? There was it was so so stop start. I wonder whether South Africa had been wise enough to go. We can't let the phase play go on, so we're going to we're going to concede penalties after phase phase three, rather than have twelve phases and then you know because they they the Lions just never got anywhere near the double figures, did they? At any point? No, they didn't. Yeah, I think they did a on that point yeah i think they did a great job didn't they on on tactically in, in everything they did you know the game plan was spot on the substitutions were absolutely brilliant you know obviously <laughs> you mentioned it there probably one of the best substitutions has ever been and everything they did was absolutely on point but 
we 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 didn't get any in that first test where we where we broke them down and and got through the gain line was was from to be fair big biggers quick hands a little a little tip on pass and we didn't you know it's it's sort of how do we get that going there's not going to be many chances i don't think and we're not we there's probably not going to be huge numbers of changes because there can't really be there's only one week to go isn't there but it's you know who are the players i think that can uh, that can come in that can give that you know you know give those little those little points of difference against them and make them think and there's there's one player and he didn't he didn't you know he didn't stand out yesterday at all but i i for me, I think we've got to be looking at uh, Falatau in 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 the back row. Um, you know, no, long lot. I've been waiting for you to talk some sense, Dan. The entire uh, the entire tour. Just, I, I kidding, thought you were going to use the other F word, but you know, <laughs> yeah, so did I. Which is definitely coming in the second oh, half, isn't it? Yeah, definitely coming. I'll yeah. keep that one. Back. For me, right before we, it's before really we get interesting. Individual yeah, I just sorry. sorry, it's, sorry it's, yes, it's interesting what you say, Dan, because you you actually was worried about the back row last week. So fair dues to you that you were already kind of voicing concerns about you didn't feel it was right. And the thing that I didn't feel was right was that that those kicks to the wing where, and that was, again, that was an area that we didn't learn our lessons from the previous week. No yeah, question. You had big concerns, didn't you, over Hogg? You know, I, I know you... Yeah, you know, and it you, wasn't you... it wasn't even just the hog. It was just the way that they were set up and there was the, the way that they, you know, and again... You know, when the ball's cannoning around and it just happens to land in Diolende's lap and he just makes, you know, eight yards or whatever, that thing is a total lottery. But we never minimise the lottery aspect of it, not at any given point. And that, I can't believe that we, that we didn't address what I thought was the one, the biggest weakness of the previous week. But like you said, back row wasn't, the balance wasn't right then. The back three, the balance right wasn't right then, and they did they didn't do anything about it. And I I just think like I go back to a sense of I mean you've got to be arrogant, haven't you? You know, it's like one of those things. I remember interviewing Alan Shearer once, and he was one of the most arrogant people I'd ever met. And I thought, what a rude, horrible, horrible man. And I when I walked out of the interview, and then I saw him I saw him turning up for a a testimonial at Craven Cottage and I was standing in the, the, the tunnel of, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later and you suddenly saw this, the aura of the footballer and he turned up and he played magnificently and you go, he's arrogant because he's great because he's arrogant, <laughs> you know, mm. and it comes, it comes to the territory, you know, it, low self-esteem and self-doubt are not great assets to have if you're running, yeah. If you're running a Lions tour, so you've got to have that level of. But I just feel that the I feel there were lessons that could have been learned from the previous week that weren't. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. A lot, of, and again, obviously, we we keep building up to this. But in the second half of the show, we're going to look at, at selection and where things might have gone wrong and, and what we do to rectify it next week. But something for me that has has kind of been a concern ever since I saw that first team sheet was you look back at Lions tests gone by, Lions series gone by and you need world class players on the pitch and a number of them and I kind of feel like we haven't had, you know Atoje fits that mould for sure I would say Alan Jones does but it, it was a big ask him coming back from injury, not that he's done anything wrong 
outside of that, you know, look, I've got no problems with Bigger there whatsoever, but is Henshaw world-class? No, he's done a good job, but he's not. You know, I'm just looking for that that real standout quality. Now, Falatau is, you know, and I know he's not in the best form, but I, I didn't see enough during the tour games to suggest that he wasn't the right pick at any given point because you know how he's capable of of turning up in the bigger in the biggest games and he's done that in Lions series you know he has done that and he's done it for Wales he's done it for for Bath for everyone so it's it is selections like that 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 kind of bug me whereas you look back over previous years you know and you had in 2017 you know you had Sexton in there again playing you know and when he's at his best he is that he is that world class player who who does something either special or does you know that that controlling thing for you and then you've got the Falatows in there you've got the Warburtons uh, these these kind of play a number of world class players who can get you over the line by taking things to the absolute top level and I kind of feel like there was a lot of good squad players out there and that that's it was a tall order to ask them to to up and and go to a level that they they hadn't been before. Were there any players that just individually, if you take away from the fact that it was, were there, I mean, I thought Cowan Dickey played okay. I thought Curry played mm. okay. Um, obviously, Vunipola did what he was supposed to do. I don't think he, you know the scrum wasn't weak with him in it, and and he certainly did. He did did a lot of donkey work. Um, were there were there any were there any positives in your eyes about in just individual performances? You want to go first, Jed? I may. I'm racking my brains to think of it. No, actually, I thought individually. It was, yeah, there was a couple of players. Yeah, Itoji is the is the only one I would say who. I looked at and thought, you know what? Wow, this this guy is just something else. Uh, and you know, when you're conceding 27 points and not scoring a point in the did we score a point in the second half? No, I don't think we did, did we? Uh, yeah. So you know, I think when you when you're playing a side that bad, uh, it takes it takes something to to make a real standout out performance. So I don't know. I think he was kind of the only one for me. Alan and James was solid. Um, uh, Furlong was good again. Um, Cowan Dickey was good. Vinopola was good. I say the back row just didn't didn't fire for me. I thought Curry was you know industrious without ever looking like he was going to win much turnover ball. Conan again, lots of what's the word? Kind of lots of donkey work, but nothing that looked like it was going to change a game. I didn't think. Uh, and then Laws was much quieter than he was the week before. And I'm a massive fan of his, but. You know, I, I thought he was. They managed to keep him very, very quiet. And then in the backs, it was not a mess. Connor Murray had a very poor game. I thought bigger was off. Was off colour. Um, Duan van der Merwe had a stinker. Stuart Hogg had a stinker. Watson barely got the ball, and when he did, it wasn't great. Harris, I thought, was solid. Henshaw was solid. That's you know, that's it. it was certainly nothing other than the Toji that really stood out for me. Dan. Yeah, I thought I thought bigger played. Um... You know, played played quite well, but we didn't get the. Um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't win in the air. I thought I thought Henshaw looked, you know, looked decent at looked, looked decent at times, but I mentioned it earlier. I just think it's so difficult, isn't it? When um, you know, when you're losing, you're losing the fifty fifties. You've got no momentum. You're going backwards, and everything. 
everything's compounding. And when you, I think when you, it almost looked at the players looked around as we sort of did and thought, who's going to, who is going to be the point of difference here? And where is it going to come from? And there weren't the play, the, the players on the park weren't there to be able to, to, to be able to just change it. And it's little things though, isn't it? That aren't little things that can make those changes. It is your Falatau's, isn't it? With a step, a spin, a pirouette, you know, a quick hands an offload, something like that. We didn't, you know, bigger. I, I think, I think the set, the center partnership was, we're weak at center, aren't we? On the, on the, on the tour. We don't, we don't know what to do there. You could see bigger looks outside. He goes, I, I'm not sure what to do here. I want to get it wide, but how can I get it there? That's that's where I'm going to mention my 12 later. But it, it's... And then you've got the back row isn't linking, that doesn't link in with the, with the 10. So there's a real disconnect. And I think almost the... the, the we needed to win that first test. Of course we did, but it's, it made us not change, didn't it? And some of the concerns with that first selection in that in that first test match a lot of people had but you the the players played well so you couldn't you know you couldn't really make the changes or if you could it would it would it was very hard to do and um the the, the positive thing is that there are there are some tweaks that can be made to give us you know to, to give us a chance to give us a fight now I thought we got off the hook in that first test. I really didn't think, like the first half I texted you, I was like, this is bloody awful. I was like, we're trying to, we're trying to take them on in an arm wrestle and we're losing. And we did. And I just thought it was South African ring rustiness in the second, in the second half. I thought that they, they spotted that, that South Africa were conceding a lot of penalties. So we went through the phases, penalties, and, and it, it resulted in points. But I didn't think we played particularly well. I thought it was down to the fact that South Africa were, were really, really rusty when it came to the same as the South Africa A game. Now that didn't happen yesterday. It was the opposite. The first half lines were kind of picked up where they left off. And then in the second half, we had nothing else to go to and they started to find their, their 2019 form. So, I mean, look, ultimately, they, yes, they did win that first game, but you're right. I think a lot of those, those concerns that, that, that a lot of people had were, were still there yesterday and it, and it showed up. And the, yeah, the biggest concern for me is still that game plan it just yeah it goes it it goes back to what you said about the fact that um you know in when there were no they weren't falling off tackles like you know they 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 still fronted you know the lions fronted up Hmm. and were abrasive in the tackle they were organized in defense tandy's done a good job in terms of making sure that he doesn't that they don't you know the south africans don't make a lot of ground but Ultimately, yeah, set piece, set piece, set piece. So it doesn't matter how brave you are and how courageous you are in those kind of when Esabeth comes around the corner on Mostat or any other player. If you if if your if your more if your mall is going back twenty meters, it's game over, right? And the scrum penalties yeah. in the second half. You could see them coming a mile off, couldn't you? Really, and it was just that was they could have uh, once once the once the scrum's done dominant. Every scrum is going to be a penalty. Every scrum. There's no there's no turning around. You can't turn around a scrum against South Africa. I don't think. No. Yeah, and the no, break the breakdown as well was the same. When we were losing, we were losing pens in in 
all over the park, weren't we? Really, in 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 various areas, and um, you could see the heads heads went, didn't they? That the, we couldn't get any go forward. We started losing the collisions as well, and once the collisions were going, it was um, it was not it was not pretty, was it? No. And I, they um, they sort of they bullied. It was quite disappointing as well, wasn't it? I felt that they, you know, first half we were up for it and in the face and everything else. And then second half, they just seemed to, um, I know the substitutions went well, but they but they, they bullied us, didn't they? They were, they really, they really got on top, didn't they? I mean, their, their front row, their front row substitutions were absolutely magnificent when they, Trevor was, uh, Trevor was having a whale of a time. He was, he was, he was loving, loving life, wasn't he? And uh, Malcolm Marx was a, was an absolute uh, Marx is a beast, wasn't he? Mm. And um, yeah, it's yeah. That's um, we need to. Uh, can't, <laughs> we need to you, do some... <laughs> you can't really match. You can't really go. Okay, let's dig up a few. You know, if they if they if the substitutes perform to that level, you, there is not a lot you can do, is there? If they decide, it's just about whether they can, whether they, you know, you can't stop them, you know, players like that, if they're on song, it's just trying to yeah. find a way of disturbing the, disturbing the equilibrium to the extent that when they come on, they, they're chasing the game or they're, or they're, they're not feeling in that position of absolute confidence. And my biggest fear is now, I think, Again, as we talk about insecurity or arrogance, is that the box are not going to worry at all, are they, about their ability to come on and and affect the game from the bench? Now they're going to be very, very assured that that's going to happen all over again. Well, let's see if we can disturb the see if we can disturb the equilibrium in the second half when it comes to when it comes to picking a side. But right now, I think it's probably time for us to take a quick break. We'll be back very very shortly. Right, boys. Just before we get on to talking about the side for the decisive third test. We did mention in the first half the, the refereeing decisions, and I'm glad we didn't dwell on them to start with because, as I say, I don't think that's the reason we lost the game. But uh, let's just get your take on these. Colby, Dan, was that a, was that a red card offence? Red card for me. Justin? Uh, I think that I'm not surprised it was a yellow and I don't mean that in in the context of the Erasmus thing. It could have. It was a clumsy challenge, but it didn't have the malice. It it, it would have been a sending off in regular season time. But I'm not surprised that it was just a yellow. It would have been a sending off in 2014, 15, whenever there was the heightened sensitivity around yeah. around aerial collisions that there is around head collisions now. Um, I think it was a very close call. I think that a yellow card is probably the right decision in that scenario. But I think again, the uh, sorry, I mean a yellow card is probably the most justified decision because, like you say, I don't think there's any malice there. But I think it's a red card just by looking at the the rule book, which is ultimately what should have happened. Uh, the 
Am try. Was that a try? I don't think it was actually. From the angles I saw, I thought I thought it was a try. I think it's one of those when you slow it down, it doesn't look like it. But it's really weird as well. It's one of those strange things that like if you're not in control as it goes over the line, it's deemed to be a knock-on, whereas actually if the ball's still going backwards anywhere else on the pitch, there's not as much scrutiny on it. So I don't know. Uh, it was it was borderline for me. In real time, it looks like a try. Uh, when it's slowed down, there is like a one frame where the ball's not attached to his hand. I'd be, I think it probably was. Um, but yeah, Nigel Owens, who knows a lot more about these things than I do, said it wasn't. But What do you feel about Owens being in, uh, in, in, so... I mean, he 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 almost spoke as much as any other co-commentator in that game. I think he adds a lot more value to it than Peter Walton does in the football. I would uh, I would say that much. But it is also, I mean, look, I think his insights are always good. But it's at the same time, it's a little bit like having, um, you know, I almost feel like the referees feel like it's like having your ex-girlfriend talk about you <laughs> to your mates. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> It's like, yeah. Oh my God, oh. I'm not going to sleep tonight after that thought. <laughs> the the, the yeah. idea that you that your ex girlfriend is on is broadcasting to the nation yeah. while you're <laughs> while it. you're in some sort of <laughs> clinch with the, yeah, that's a really a tremendous <laughs> analogy. Um, that's, but that's what it. That's if, kind of what it feels if like. If not a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah, everything about this tour is a little disturbing. Everything about it and. Yeah, I think like yeah, that's that's kind of what I feel like it. But he's ultimately, I think he's I think he's good value, Nigel Owens, and he you know he's he is he's got a lot of personality and he's got um, you know an outstanding knowledge of the game. So I kind of I don't I don't mind, but it is a little bit yeah, it is a little bit it, like, like what I said. Do you think it's a little bit dangerous that it sort of adds, you know, I mean, who more more pressure onto the refs because. I mean, who wants to be a ref? But... In, in the in the um, in the grand scheme of what's happened this week, I, that doesn't because Nigel Owens is at least fair and balanced and shows nuance, unlike that bombastic rant from uh, from Erasmus. You're just you know, that's that's the danger. Basically, the you're end. just giving uh, Dan. You're just giving Jed like sort of. <laughs> It's like a sevens game where you you know the the players made the break they've they've trotted to the twenty two then they actually pass it to the other player you know it's it's uh, yeah talking <laughs> of which uh, jazz we should be talking about the sevens instead of the lions now I think we like, should that was, yeah that, jazz Joyce is something to behold fair play to her she's fun isn't she she's a lot of fun to watch jazz yeah Joyce. amazing and yeah. And in yeah, in a week where there hasn't been a lot of fun to yeah, watch, um, I definitely took a, a crumb of uh, a crumb of solace from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, the the one decision that I'd love to talk about, but again, South African TV didn't give us anything to look at. Was there was a high shot from Faf de Klerk yeah, on that, Connor Murray? That was yeah, really, and I haven't seen a replay of that. That was a really cheap shot. Again, not the I first didn't like time. that. Didn't like that. But again, we we didn't see it. So they they said that the TMO checked it, but we never saw it no. on TV. So that's just not right. Again, everything about this tour has just been so budget, 
Um, so it's like it is like being back in the seventies. You know, if you could imagine, if there was a TMO in the seventies, it would be a South African who said, "Yeah, it was checked, but we're not going to show you the we're not going to show you the pictures." It's well, and, just... and Colby and Curry clashed heads, and neither of them went off for HIAs. Great point. Yeah, mm. that was like that. Th- that was a definite. You know, that was just like a proper collision between two players. That should have been yeah. resulted in HIA assessments for both of them. Yeah, no, exactly. So uh, let's let's bring a bring a um, a line, yeah, draw a line under the the refereeing decisions because I think there were a few dodgy ones in there. But I would also say that I did th- I did think the lines got the benefit in the first test. So there we go, Razzie. That's a little bit what nuance and uh, balance sounds like if you're if you're interested in such things. Uh, let's have a look at the team for next week, which I know Killick has been desperate. I mean, look at his face. He's he's got. Um, it's just got a massive several variations. It's just got there, a massive he? number twelve written on a piece of paper in front of him. Of course he has. Of course he has. Right. Let's um Captain. <laughs> let's take a look at it. Do you want you want to go through it? You want to go through it player by player? Do we go through it start in the start in the front row? Yeah. Let's all all of us, yeah? Yeah. So does okay. safe so Yeah, go on. Yes, is Wynn Jones fit? He can't be, can he? Oh, Otherwise he'd have played. We need him to week. be. Yeah, we do. If he's he fit, needs to have a word starts. with Alan Wynn and do <laughs> do whatever he did. Oxygen, yeah. oxygen tent for Mr. Jones. Yeah, please get one in his room now. I mean, and put him on That's the bench it. for crying out loud. If you can't even start, if you can't start, him, if he's got him twenty, if he's got twenty minutes in him, then he's on the bench. If he's fit, then start him. But he, yeah, he has to feature somewhere there for exactly the reasons Dan said. He needs to, you know, we need. You need two, two props who can who can do a job at that Because they level, they I will think. murder Sutherland next weekend. Yeah, they've they've they they've would. worked him out and they've gone okay. This is this is fun. The other thing is and with think... with Win Jones is that obviously the scrummaging is fantastic, but it's the it's it's the um, you know he's like an extra back rower, isn't he, over the ball, and that's where we're getting he we're is, getting actually, yeah. we're getting hammered, and um, he's got a pass in him as well. He's he's. He... <laughs> So he's he's worth his weight in gold, isn't he? At the moment, he is. And and just quickly on the Sutherland thing, I I agree because I I just think he's been he's been found wanting at scrum time at, um, at this level. But as Win Jones shows, it's not you know that's not the be all and end all. It's not like it's not like oh now Roy Sutherland's not going to get any better. You know he's still got a, he's still got a bright future ahead of him. But for this week, next week, I think he is. He struggled to make that step up to the to the highest level of the highest level of Test rugby. So that's the that's the it's reason a bit, why it's, it's, a, it's the equivalent of what they say about changing the picture for the referee. It's more like changing the picture for the South African front row. Yeah. It, it's not. It's nothing to do with Sutherland suddenly becoming an awful player overnight. It's just about the fact that they will go after him, and they will. And I can't see how that. I, I can't see how that that can work in work in the Lions' favour in any way, shape, or form. All right, let, let's work on the basis that Win Jones has got twenty minutes in him, and we'll what start Mako and then have Win Jones come off the bench. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sticking with Cameron Dickey. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Mm, me too. Yeah, I think yeah he's he's been he's been solid, hasn't he? And he, he is always a handful. Tight head, I think. Yeah, I think you, you, yeah. again, you, you stick with Tiger. Yeah. Uh, keep him. God, keep, how wide is keep he? Keep him on for eighty. Just, can we? 
We need him to play 80. Get, get all the LucasAid tabs, I've, gels, everything ready. Just he, he needs to be on the park for 80. I think Sinclair's got a big performance in him. I, Scrum? I really do. I, yeah, I've, look, mate, I've told you this. I don't know enough about scrummaging to, to really call people out. You know how much Stan knows um, about scrummaging. He's well, we do. That's a dangerous territory here, Ted. Yeah, Jed. But as we've said, Adam Jones may not like me, but he has told me on a number of occasions how brilliant Kyle Sinclair is, and he's not just doing that for, you know, he's not just doing that because he's, he's doing his, that to wind you, know, you up. He's, he's, he... <laughs> he's not. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The guys. The guys are really a really really good prop, um, and you know, it's comfortable. It's comfortable at that level. It's hard against South Africa, but I, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's probably a better scrummager than Tyg, but Tyg had so much everywhere else, and he's still a solid scrummager that yeah, he he starts and Sinclair comes on. What about the row? So, oh, sorry, yes, you go. No, I mean, I, I, I can't. I don't see any changes. I, no. I, I have got any bright ideas that say anything either so it would just be for showing off if i suddenly threw laws in with itoje or something like that i think you just keep it as it is yeah i mean the the only thought that went through my mind was was beard actually just for just when you saw that that but again i think i'd be tempted to have beard on the bench yeah and start like those that too yeah um, agreed there's a difference isn't there mm. i think we we yeah, hindsight's easy isn't it but we definitely missed the sec you know we could have done with a second row replacement, couldn't we? Badly in that, uh, especially somebody like Beard that's got that can do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. What about the back row? This, oh. as we said, is an absolutely massive area. Right. Falatau comes in. I'm. I know I'm banging on about it, and I know that I love Toby, and I and it might well be just bias on it. And I know he wasn't even that spectacular off the bench, but the guy is. Um, just, just it's another world class player on the pitch. We just need that right now. And Conan's been industrious and good and has done nothing wrong and is the four mate on the tour. But it's Foss last form, and we need we need proven Cheltenham pedigree. Hard to disagree. Sold. Absolutely sold. Yeah, Falato in. Sorry, my my homemade soundproofing is uh, is collapsing around me. My daughter's playmat is assembled around here, and it just started. It just started folding in on me. I can um, see the worry on your uh, on your face. <laughs> um, let's have a look then. Oh, six and seven. I mean, this is just. I'm really tempted to roll the dice here, and I'm. Go, I'm. This would be my thinking: is I go is go twin fetches. And I think Curry still fall, you know, would fall into that. So I'd go Navidi six and and Curry seven. Uh, is this mad? Is Josh Navidi fit enough to be starting a Test match? I don't know. I do, I'm just I'm just thinking you have to kind of gamble a bit now. One of the interesting things from my point of Maybe view is that the is that the the other players now have had best part of three weeks off. Well, exa- yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I don't. That that doesn't seem like there's. There's ten days off, and then there's then there's three weeks off, and it feels like throwing anybody in who hasn't played a competitive yeah. game for three weeks seems like a big ask. I don't know whether that. I, I absolutely have no idea whether the intensity of training prepares you enough for the get for the games when you're a high class international rugby player. But it just 
I'm a little bit apprehensive about that. I just think we need to turn ball over, and that's got to come. That's got to come from someone. And I, I go, I go burn. Of, maybe burn. Yeah. I go burn. Yeah, I, uh, I'm very, very tempted to go with Navidi at, at, at six because we know what he can do, but because of fitness and yeah, that like you boys mentioned there, the, the time out on the uh, on the golf course. It, burn, burn for me at six. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm happy. And the line to go out with that. as I just well. Think we just need some turnover. And then you've got laws um, on the bench to, you know, you, you've got all sorts of. Op- I think the important thing is that, like you keep on saying, it's about then changing the pattern of the game if required from the bench rather than reinforcing. Yeah, we can't have the same, yeah. can we? No. So, I... right. okay, we're settled with that then. Let's go burn. So burn, curry, fallatine. Yeah. Nice. Right, Dan, you've got some. You've got some big thoughts about nine. Yeah, we're we're struggling at nine, aren't we? We, the line. To think that, I just think we're so weak there. We 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 we're we're, we're mm. scrabbling around and. I. You struggle. You struggle to win big Test match series and World Cups and things like that without a nine who can take you to the absolute limit, right? And a real absolute boss of a nine. Look back to you know Murray was that guy in in 2017. He did that job, and then you had Webb coming off the bench as well. You know both those players in 2017 form is such much stronger options than we have at the moment. What do we, who do we have in 2013? Uh, Murray came off the bench, and who who started for the Lions in 2017 at nine? Don't know. Why don't we know this? You're the you're you're. I'm terrible with uh, dates and. Uh, Wasn't Ben Young, was it? No. <laughs> I, no, I'm pretty certain it wasn't. No, they maybe started one of the tests. I don't know. Anyway, my my point is, I always look back at World Cups, right? And you only win a World Cup if you have a world class nine. Right, so Faf did it last time round. You've had Gregans, you've had Nick Farr Jones, Kirk, even Dawson. You know those players are is such a pivotal position that having someone who's either out of form or is not has not reached that level yet makes it really really difficult to um, to do. So. You're right. It's a problem position for well, us. You look. You look at the difference with Fafter Clerk, the the influence he had on the game. I mean, absolute yeah. class. Wasn't he probably the most physical man on the park? And he's you know five foot one. Love beautiful touches when he need when he needed to. He's mixing it up. He's in people's faces. He's just got. He's just got absolutely everything, isn't he? And it, 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 it's coming from that nine. You know, the link with the forwards, the backs. He's a complete jack in the box, isn't he? And then. We turn to ours, and it's just oh, it's so it's, it's so frustrating because out of we haven't got anywhere to turn, have we? Um, and it's I'm funny, oh, it's fun, sorry. It's funny that um, yeah, we've forgotten Mike Phillips. <laughs> Mike Phillips. I'm, I've just I've just been googling it while trying to listen to Dan. It's Mike Phillips. Mike Phillips, big game player, right? Just never never shrunk away in a, and he did that on two consecutive Lions tours, right? He, he would have loved that game. Moment, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, he would have. Uh, just yeah. And that's that's just what we don't we just don't have someone playing at that level at the moment out of those three options. Um, 
And for that reason, I think you know, Murray had his chance yesterday to say, "This is my shirt, and and I am the player I once was," and he didn't he didn't do it. And I think for that reason, I'd be looking at I'd be looking at chucking Tommy Price in, who's you know who's the I suppose the most in form out of the three. There was a bit of tempo when he was on the pitch the other week, which again there just there wasn't um, yesterday. I agree. Yeah, well, you'd agree. Yeah, I'm. Roll the, I'm going to roll the dice and go with and go with Gareth. I, I, I could see you know big as big as going to start at ten, and he means Lloyd Williams, of course. But. <laughs> and and yeah, Gareth at Gareth at nine with the link up. We then got Toby at eight as well. The the three of them coming together. I just it's it's a risk, but I think that at the moment it's a it's a risk worth taking. I I, I think potentially it's a bigger risk. Playing one of the other nines there, so I'd roll, I'd roll the dice, and have one of the uh, one of the steady guys on the, on 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 the bench. Should uh, should things not quite go right, but he's he's a th- he is a threat. He's a threat, isn't he? And he he again, he's he's a threat on 2019 form or on 2015 form. Oh, is, is Gareth Davis having played a handful of minutes on this tour going to be ready to starting a? The decisive match at nine, not for me. He is there though. He's there on the tour, isn't he? There's got to be. Yeah, there's got. There's got to be. There's got to be something. There's got to be something about it. If he's if he's looking sharp in training, and because of the change at eight, I think we've got to be looking at it. I really do. I think he'd love the challenge against Fafter Clerks. He'd be right in his face as long as he can keep his keep his head, which. Uh, you know, I'm sure he. I'm sure he can now. His younger days he used to used to knock people's heads off, didn't he? But I, the 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 threats, the defence, yeah, I, the physical side of him. He's got a little sniff. There's mistakes in there, isn't there? But I could I could see an argument for being in the match day squad. I mean, look, the, I would love to see, like I say, I would love to see a Gareth Davis of 2019 form in there, and you know him charging up and picking off an intercept pass i mean it would only be between 9 and 10 cuz south africa don't pass it any further than that but you know just having something um having something that could change a game yeah um like that but i don't know i just i, I can't see it happening it, but it's um, almost there's there there is a slight air of i suppose there's a slight air of desperation in my pick really all right yeah well i get i get that completely right you're going gareth i'm going tommy what are you saying yeah tommy? i'm going tommy too um be interesting right. to see whether Faf uh, is injured. Yeah, if he's fit or not, and that's a, that is a big, big, um, a big decision. Um, not decision, sorry, a, a big contributing factor to the game. If if Faf were to miss out and they had to put Yankees at, at um, yeah, Yankees, Yank, I, I I don't know how to pronounce either, those those lads. Um, but yeah, I think that that changes the game. You know, the control that he offers Faf, and if you play into his hands, then yeah, you know, he can he can boss games as he's shown. I think that's that's a massive. Yeah. By the time Yanchis came on, it was, the, you know, uh, the the superiority had been not so much established yeah. as literally nailed. So he did kick really well, didn't he? Though? He did. Yeah. yeah, he did really the well. But I, but I can't help thinking that he had a. He had a. Um, he'd already, you know, that the, the battle had been won by the point yeah. that by that point, and mm. Faf is obviously a significant part. Did you see him 
kind of laughing in the face of Van der Merwe and stuff like that. You just oh, you just want to. He is, as you said, Gareth. There is one thing about Gareth Davis is that you just he wouldn't. Yeah. He would love to be riling up the opposition. You know. I would love Mike. Yeah. Out of all those scrum halves we've mentioned, I would love Mike Phillips to be there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. One you really Give him a call up now. He'd be there. Yeah, he we, would, yeah what, I know. He'd be, he'd be up for What it. we need is that, that word in Garcia, which is, uh, you know, to stamp on the foot of, 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 of Faftaclerk if he's there, just to, just to wind him up, throw him off. We need something. We've got to think dirty now. <laughs> The, the other thing with Faf de Klerk is I, I think he looks like the villain from The Man With No Gun. Uh, the, the Man With The Golden Gun. Um, Nick Knack. Oh, God. That is... Go- that oh, is... That's, look, one, for the, that's on one for the kids. <laughs> no kids are listening to this, are they? Let's be honest. Kid, the kids are all busy watching Razzy Erasmus's YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bo- he's got a boxing match against Floyd Mayweather soon, I imagine. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, that's a really a yeah. Uh, okay, so the guy from um, from Fantasy Island as well, which is a, which is more my era than yours. <laughs> oh, you're, um, you're right. There's yeah, the reference to the, the same kids. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fan- yeah, Fantasy exactly. Island was like Love back. Island in the seventies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god how many 55 year old people now are going the plane the plane which is <laughs> anyway yeah it's lost on you never mind <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on let's move on to uh let's move on to 10 bigger starts again for me i there's just no other option i don't think again he didn't you, you mentioned there dan in the that you know he didn't have a bad game but missing kicks to touch and missing kicks at goal is not damn bigger style um, you know they're the nuts and bolts that he that he pretty much always gets right. So I, I'm backing him to not do it for two weeks in a row. I just I just think that there, there's no other option. Finn Russell hasn't played a game for a month. Uh, Marcus Smith is too young, and Owen Farrell will offer nothing else at ten. So I I would go with Dan Bigger again. There's there's a bit of a theme. There's a bit of a theme in the backs, isn't there? Where you sort of you know. Uh, you know, there's no other op. You know, how many? T- there's mm-hmm. no other option then. We're, we're, it's um, yeah, it's, chall- it's challenging, isn't it? No, I, I, he, he wasn't spectacular, wasn't he? He did make a few errors, but I, I almost felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for Bigger, to be honest. At at, at ten, it, it, I think it's easy to look at him and think he had a really, you know, really poor game. But um, God, it was it wasn't easy for him. There was never a point at which that um, pivot looked like it, they knew that they were doing it looked like a sort of hastily assembled pivot you know when the props are there and that the the kind of it always bigger always looked to his outside and he didn't see everybody there ready to roll it, he mm-hmm. was always seeing people shuffling into position or the south african defense who are outstanding in midfield already you know, licking their lips and waiting to smash into. So there were a couple of instances where he just pumped, double pumped, and then just went to ground because he knew there wasn't anything really on. Yeah. And that's, yeah. No, yeah that's, that's not his right. fault, I don't think. All right, well, here's the moment Dan's been waiting for. Dan, 12, drop the F-bomb. Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell in the 12. Why? 
I'm going to let you answer that, Jess. <laughs> Look, the, the, the thing for Farrell is I've been banging on about world-class players and big game players and all that kind of stuff that it comes down to. There's no denying he's a big game player, but he hasn't played in a big game for a long time. He's been playing championship rugby all season um, and he's been reduced to bit parts for the Lions and has been very poor for England. So I don't, I don't see what we've got to benefit by ousting one player in Henshaw who I think has been solid and dep- out of all the backs he's been the one most of the time I've said right well he he gets in the side so I don't see what there is to be gained by shifting him out but I don't but again you know this is in a back line that has offered nothing in attack so yeah that's I don't know maybe, maybe that maybe that's the so point the attack yes the attack thing I I Farrell yeah he's been playing in a you know the lower league and probably isn't match match fit and everything else but we know he's an we know he's a test match animal that's that's for sure his passing game is great. He has a great passing game. And I think that having two tens on there, even though he's undercooked, will take take some pressure off bigger. It's gonna make them think a bit. They're gonna I don't think their back line their their two centers are literally licking their lips when we've got just two out and out centers. You could put you could put Bundy in there. They they love playing against him. Yeah. Now Farrell they're not going to be thinking, you know, oh, they're going to fear him sort of running down their channel or, or anything like that. But I think his passing game, his kicking game when it's good is brilliant when it's good. And there's something in that that I just like. It'll just make them think, ah. And that, did, that little moment of, oh. You've made a compelling argument there, Dan. I'll give he you did, that. Yeah. He did put in the kick of the game. I mean, arguably. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Where Sutherland ruined it all by going in on the side afterwards. But that was the best. And he was massively under pressure when he made that kick as well. So hats mm. off to him for that. Yeah, I think he can also unlock... Well, I, I really hope, and you know, I have a feeling he could unlock the back three. We've got such dangerous um, back three runners. Even if, which we don't think they would do, they keep the same back three, which is obviously massively unlikely. But even if they did, we're not... We How can we get the ball there? I don't think we can get the ball there with... With with without Farrell being at twelve to to assist to assist in that, and it is a risk well, it, because yeah. he's undercooked and everything else. But I do think he's got the passing game to 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 be able you know, to to be able to do it, and it also means then we can have, you know, the 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 back the back replacement becomes very very interesting then if we need to change things up. So yeah, I've re- I. I almost fancy him more now at twelve than I have done in the previous, the previous two games. I think I may I get I completely get your argument, and again, this to me is the same as the scrum half debate because again, look back at previous Lions tours: Roberts and O'Driscoll, uh, O'Driscoll and Henderson. Mm. Um, what else have we had? Uh, Roberts and Davis, or Davis and O'Driscoll. Yeah. I mean, cool. like the. the even Farrell and um, even Farrell and Davis, right? The 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 quality of those combinations versus any of the ones we've been able to feel this this time round, uh, you know, the the golfing class is massive. Yeah, Gus Gusket and Gibbs. I mean, like, just it, the the step the step up is is massive. So I kind of think that actually, yeah, I don't know if I can see, I can now see the logic. It wouldn't be my choice. I would. I think that Harris did nothing wrong. Uh, he was excellent defensively. He didn't see the ball going forward at all. Um, 
but I would I just chuck Daly in again. Um, I know he did. I know he did nothing particularly uh, particularly good in the first test, but I think he is at least a real footballer who poses a threat. Which there's nothing else in the midfield options I, who does for me. The other thing with with Farrell, I think we need as many as many heads, like experienced heads, on that park in that third test as possible. They're going to be they're going to be loving going down to the breakfast table, aren't they? The SA the SA boys every every day this week, just literally chomping through those sausages, licking their lips to get on the park. And the guy that you're going to want to go on the park with, I do think is Farrell. And I, I'd, I'd feel, I'd feel, there's, there's an air about him. Even if he is undercooked, I just think he's got to be on that park for this third test now. Right. Yes. And it comes down to you. I feel more confused now than I felt <laughs> for a very, very long time. Dan, you did a great job there, and I would never have. I gave it my all there. I'm you exhausted. really did. I'm. Oh. I think you've literally. You're. You're. You look like Mako Vunipola when he comes off the pitch to be substituted. <laughs> you know, he always looks like he's just about to die. Um, yeah. uh, I think. Henshaw's got a bit of magic in him somewhere. I really do. Um, and I think he's solid enough. I'm, I know that Harris is highly regarded defensively and everything, but he, I, I haven't seen anything that sort of suggests that he's going to... I, I agree with Jed that he hasn't done anything wrong, but I don't think he's capable of doing what would be right in, you know, in terms of linking that the back three. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm all, I'm going to go with Dan. I'm going to go, I'm going to put Henshaw. Come on. I'm going to put Henshaw at 13. 13. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I know Jed, Jed's literally weeping, but I know, look, honestly, Dan, Dan made one of those, uh, one of those seriously competitive, it was like, you know, like Susan Boyle on the X Factor, one of those unexpected, yeah, un- unexpected yeah, well, moments of magic. Yeah, yeah there's not the many gr- of them, but the great British public were weeping with great joy. Exactly. Yeah, I, it's a really one of the things that flashed up in my mind when you were t- when you were talking, Dan, was the the fact that they did try and utilize. There were a couple of instances where bigger instead of going open that he swapped at the last minute and went blind and there was nothing doing right. It was, but the reason he did that for me was because he knew (laughs) that if he got the ball at 10 with Dialende and, and Am that nothing was going to happen other than somebody was going to get hit rather hard. And, and that he, that he did his valiant best to try and, you know, think on his feet, which is, I think that's why bigger has to, you know, I mean, there's no competition, right? But that's what, if I had an argument about, about him having to play 10, he did his damnedest to try and get the South Africans to to think twice about what they were doing. Hmm. And the thing is, if you've got Farrell in that, you've got you've got a 10 either side, possibly. Yeah. Well, you've, even if you're going to kick the leather off the ball, which I presume they will next week, you've at least got an option at 10 and 12 to kick. Whereas yesterday you knew it was either going to be kicked from nine or kicked from 10 and that was it. Yeah. So, so you know, I you, think you do have that. I think I, I will go with Dan on that. Wow. 
I never thought the, the those words would ever come. Not 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 the agreement with Dan, but the idea of picking Farrell. But there we are. There we go. It's settled. Let's have a look at the outside backs. Um, I'm going to go first on this one. Liam to 15, Josh Adams to 11, Watson stays. I'm with you on all three. Did you did you boys think that Watson struggled again he this week? He lost the ball a couple of times in the air, but I just think he's uh, too good an attacking threat to not pick. I wouldn't expect him to have as average a game under the high ball as he did before. And I thought the week before he was excellent. And he has shown those glimpses of of what he we know he's capable of doing. And I would like to think as well, like if we if we're able to affect the game up front and even just snaffle the odd turnover and get the ball wide, he is the one player in that squad I would want to get the ball in the yeah, hands. If Mostert hadn't ankle tapped him, you know, towards the end is I think he's the only player who actually took somebody on on the outside and got round them, albeit a second row mm. forward. But God, but, how good was he as well? Oh. I know, yeah, I know. And um, but they, yeah, he. I mean, he's 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 a to think that that's all we saw of him was like one mm. eight eight meter <laughs> bit of a stumble, a, sh- a shuffle, a you know, quick feet, and then you know, it's like if that's and that was the high point of the Lions' sort it, of yeah. individual attacking brilliance. <laughs> and it's so unfair on someone like Hogg, who just ran directly. Whenever he got the ball, he just, yeah. you know, he had no option. It wasn't like he made bad. But there were there were things, I, I don't know, actually. There was there was a point where he ran back, and I, gonna, I think this was in, you know, midway through the second half, and you know, we're obviously very rattled by this point, and he's had a horrible game to that point. And he's running back, and he either ran it into contact or hoofed it in the air when you just when he could have switched it left to Van der Merwe. And you just thought well, you've got to try something different at this point in time, regardless of what the game plan is. Get dropped for Gatland saying stick to the game plan rather than get dropped for for underperforming throughout the whole of the game. So yeah, but I mean you've just you've just got to have Liam in that back three for for solidity. Van der Merwe had a very, very poor game. He lost his head completely. And he's an excellent talent and he'll go on and he'll do... And, you know, he might star in four years um, for the Lions again. But he will, I'm almost certain, will get well, dropped. Well, I think he... And Adams is the, the obvious... He has to pay the price in the way that Watson paid the price. Basically, you go, well, you did something really dumb there. And I, even mm-hmm. if he'd... I mean, not that he was he would have been able to be scintillating in other areas of the pitch, but that yellow was was absolutely just like, what yeah. were you thinking? And Gatland does drop people for, for stuff like that. You know, you look back through the, the times of when he was in charge of Wales, I think, I think he actually dropped Alan Wynne-Jones once for a trip against England, mm. which must be the only time in his Wales career that Alan Wynne-Jones has ever been dropped. But it's, uh, you know, it's stuff like that is dull and, and, it just is whether he's too emotionally invested in it or what he lost his head on Saturday and and that's where I think you've you've got to make you've got to make the change and I think Adams is the only real real candidate to do that. Dan, what are you what are you saying? Yeah, on the on the Van der Merwe thing, just before the best, I thought that you know with his size and and sort of how difficult he is to put down, I really thought we would we would last week or this week we would have 
managed to play him off 10 a bit and bring him, mm-hmm. you know, re- really sort of... Um, play anyone off 10. Yeah, yeah just, just suck them in that way a bit. And no one's going to want to stop him. Even the big South Africans will struggle against him. They have, they, they just will. And, and he'll, he'll, he'll be, he's a right nuisance, isn't he? And I, I was really mm. um, disappointed at that. Well, the only, that the only didn't happen. But... We had a, we, the Lions had a scrum not far out and uh, they actually played it through somebody else's hands before it then went to Van der Merwe. So Khaleesi, basically put put his body on the line and and sort of stopped van der Merwe in his tracks but it's like if you're going to why why play that extra pass why mm. not give van der Merwe the ball quicker so that the the flanker hasn't got time to get off the scrum and and meet the you know and meet him head on it just it seemed like oh this is just so dumb and slow and van der Merwe didn't hit the didn't hit the ball at any great pace, and that was the end of that. And that seemed to be it. It's because it's we barely passed the ball from ten for the bulk of well, for, since playing South Africa. A. You know, in in the meaningful games, South Africa A plus the Test matches, we just not we've not strung passes yeah. together oh. at all, and it's not uh... bigger. Only passed the ball three times apparently. But wow. um, it's yeah, um, yeah. On your point, I, th- I thought I thought Watson struggled, but. Yeah, I think Justin, you were saying that 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 the whole back three of of sort of struggle to, to sort of come together, and he is class. I, I I'd keep him there. I you know go with you know go with, go with that back back three. I, I I like that, and he he's quality. And I think that um, again, if if Farrell is in is in at twelve, again that's quite nice, isn't it? They know each other, and um, let's hope we can get the ball we can get the ball into his hands. Quickly and early, because he's dangerous, isn't he? Really dangerous. All right. What, what? Let's let's recap. Let's recap on that side then, if we're going for this. So we are saying Mako Vinopola, based on the fact that Win Jones won't be fully match fit, but will be on the bench. Luke Cowan, Dickey, and Tyg Furlong, Alan Win Jones, and Maratoje, Tyg Byrne, Tom Curry, Toby Falatau, Ali slash Tommy Price, Dan Bigger. Owen Farrell, Robbie Henshaw, Watson, Adams, and Liam. Now Williams. you're excited. No, look at you, mate. I honestly, I like you know. You know how often do we say, "Oh, is it too early to talk about the Lions? Is it too early to stop talking about the Lions?" <laughs> I cannot wait for this tour to end. It's been bloody misery, like from start to finish. It's going to take one hell of a game for me to ever want to relive any of this it's just been like everything about it has been horrible the empty stadiums the style of rugby the niggle the narc the it's yeah it's been the worst Lions tour I can remember and that might all change if we win next week but it's uh, yeah it, I don't know mate I, I've just I've really struggled with it really have well, um, can we go to the bench as well just to just to I, prolong the agony um, <laughs> so you're going Win Jones, Win Jones, uh, you yeah. said, and then are you still Sinclair at tight head? Sinclair tight head. Ken, it was uh, yes, I probably would, but it was it was one of his least impressive international performances, mm. um, of which there have not been many that haven't been impressive. But he didn't have a he didn't have a particularly good game. But I would go for Ken. I and think. then what, what about I think this? Ken might miss out, guys. I think I think he might. I think he might miss out. I think I have a feeling. 
I have a feeling that Jamie George will will come into that that replacement slot. Mm. What about um, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. So what about second row, back row then? Beard. Beard. I know I'm just sounding like a one-eyed Welsh fan by chucking all these in, but I promise this isn't the case. Beard comes in because he has he has shown that he can disrupt. Uh, he, we know he can do that swimming through the middle, stop a stop a driving line out. So he is there on the on the bench for me. Oh God, can you not? Put, yeah, can you drop Laws though? That's the problem. All right, may, yeah, maybe I'd go Laws over over Navidi as much as I would love Navidi to be there. I just think maybe it's. It is going to be too much to ask him. To, yeah, Laws knows. To come in Laws knows what it's all about, mm. and it's, and it's harsh on Laws yeah. having put in a monumental performance last week to be even dropped. But I think he does add. He will add something coming off the bench. So, you know, ideally, if the game plan goes better than anticipated, you keep the ball on the field more, and South Africa are considerably more tired. Laws coming on will cause a problem because he will. He'll. He'll smash into you defensively, and he'll he'll carry hard, and he'll do all the things that he did brilliant in the first test. So yeah, I, th- I think it's Laws, isn't it? Oh, it's tricky though. He, if Navidi's training well, he's at the top of his game. No, eight, no, eight, no eight cover in, if Laws is on the he, bench, other than Tigers. You think he's in the gym? He's having a, he's eating well. Everything's going superbly well for him. And talk me through his talk me through his meal plan, Dan. <laughs> Sausages, <laughs> sausages, yeah, <laughs> watermelon. Yeah. Keep it, keep... He's put on like four stones since he's been sausages. out there. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the gluten-free sausages. He's in really good shape. Something happens in that back row. Navidi comes on, can slot in anywhere. You know he loves the big boys. He is a back rower as well. Are we are we missing actual, mm. you know, sixes, actual sevens, actual eights? Dan, you are on fire, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. So, um, or do we do we load and go for a six-two split again? But we did say we need to because you've got oh, you, that point of difference. You've got two fly halves on the pitch already, though, haven't you? You have. So, do you have Laws, Beers, <sighs> and Navidi on the bench? Good grief. Good point. I mean, Navidi is something completely different, and and he can make a break, and he's he's quick. We've not had a pacey back row to this point, and he does play games, doesn't he? Where he's been out for a long time, and oh yeah, he, he's know, not. He's like he's like Sam, isn't he? Yeah, he will go like come in after two games for the Blues, and then go and play New Zealand. Sam always said that he needed a couple of. He he's been saying that on his podcast recently that he's always needed a couple of games to warm up. But Navidi just seems mm. to hit the ground running. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Six two split yeah. with with those. Yeah, we are. Yeah. All right. So that leaves you with a nine and an outside back on the bench. Dan wants Gareth Davis. I'm undecided. What are you saying, yes? Um, I think you. I. I don't. I. I don't want to see. I. I think I. I would be err on the side of caution and pick Murray at, on the bench. Yeah, I think that's what it'll what it'll and, be. Yeah, and then um, and then you've got Daly as cover. 
And then presumably it's daily, isn't it? Because yeah. it's Everything, 11, 12, yeah. 13, 14, 15, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad side. I just think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of work to be done at finding uh, finding a, a much bigger performance in there. Yeah, there's nothing that says, well, that's the side that's going to play a certain way. That's that's what we're saying. We say we don't have a we we are almost conditioned now to thinking, okay, so when the ball goes up in the air and the mat, the big bloke catches it and then the other big bloke runs with it and then he hits the other big bloke and then somebody knocks it on and we we can't I can't I can't see past that I can't see them so you know like you said they're not going to turn into the Harlem Globetrotters are they mm. quick predictions then I'm going SA by four yes yeah I think um, I think between yeah four and eight I'd go further I'd go eight Dan? <sighs> Lions. All right. I know you're doing this for the pod, but let's say there's actual money on it. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a back. I've got a, I've got a back cats. Yeah. I, 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 again, let mate. Ultimately, I really hope you're right. I'm just I'm just struggling to see it based on those first two. I games. do feel I do feel better though with the side we've picked. I I, I, I like it. I, he'll go. I think I think there will be changes, and I think he'll go quite big because he's. This is you know this is a potentially a legacy. Well, I, th- that's what I was going to say. This is the, he will be fondly remembered in Wales. Oh, okay, yes we yes we complained about the style of rugby, but he delivered successful teams time and time again um and so that his but his Welsh legacy is his Wales legacy is not anything compared to how he will be looked at in because obviously the Irish hate him (laughs) and the English and the English and the English are I guess still sitting on the fence to a certain extent and my my gut feeling is that yeah, if this is a career-defining moment for him because I, you have the feeling that it's his. The is it the end of his Southern Hemisphere involvement, you know, and therefore it's a it's a very very important game for him. More, you know, it's a yeah, it's career-defining as you said, Jed. Oh yeah, if you could, if you mm. can win two Lions tours and draw one, and the drawn series being in New Zealand, it doesn't matter what some jumped-up knob like me thinks about the style of rugby. It's you know that's the, it's impossible to argue with those kind of results. So it's yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And and um, and look, ultimately, I really hope that I I hope that they're able to go out, even if you know, even if it means more kick in rugby and stuff that's not a spectacle and, and all the things that I did not enjoy about the, these two tests putting to bed this Razzy Erasmus side is is more important than any other. there's a bigger villain in the piece and um, and I just this is like that, a Marvel I universe just, yeah. so you, that's what's this week basically you've just sketched out this week's thing it's like the, they have to be stopped at all costs because they are the, <laughs> yeah they are it, they are the Death Star in Star Wars kind of you know that's it yeah that is it and yeah i just um i really hope we can because it's just been like it's been an ugly horrible tour and that's fine and that happens sometimes but 
for it all to play out so publicly has been you know and for it to be not coming from the media but coming from the director of rugby there's you know it would make me a lot the water boy a lot more yeah the water boy it would make me a lot more um I, w- I would look back on this tour a lot more fondly if we're able to uh to to dish out a bit of justice on the pitch next week lions by three yes dan right i'm sold god he's been convincing he has, this he's week he's been brilliant what a ray of he bloody has. sunshine you are, Daniel. Kinnis. Let us let us hope that some of our uh, some of our backs can pull out a Daniel Killick style yeah. performance. They owe week. it to uh, owe it to Dan. It's a hashtag. They do. do it Don't let Dan. me down, do Farrell. For, do it for Dan. Don't let me down. <laughs> In for the Killick. Right. Let's uh, let's say one big thank you to Justin George, to Daniel Killick. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed the pod, please leave us uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, if you're able to leave a review on them. And if you uh, want to get some top quality coffee, then make sure you do that by way of our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. And you can do that by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, win, lose or draw, we will be back for the last episode of what seems like the longest season in history. Um, I don't think we've... I don't think we've like normally we have a summer break, Dan, don't we? I don't mm. think we've had that since the summer of 2019. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. But I haven't. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be that. <laughs> that'll be something. That'll be something. You to had to get to, that in, else. didn't he? Right. At yeah, the end, I know. Just to bring it down a bit. <laughs> I know, but you've put in a match-winning performance tonight, Dan. So who am I to, who am I to quibble, man? Ah, thank um, you, Skipper. But yeah, we will. We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Podcast Network.